Good afternoon, Will Manick and Wyndham. It's Tuesday, April 18th, and you're listening to The Neighborhood. This is Anita Sebastian with my co-host, Ernie Eldridge. I think we're having too much fun. I guess we are. There's <laughs> always something fun in the Chronicle around the news or something like that. So, But we won't, I won't go there. How's that? I think that probably would be proper if I just leave it alone. Matt says, yeah, I better leave it alone. But but uh, <laughs> doesn't like a good fight. Anyways, uh, thanks to... Uh, Casella Waste for sponsoring our show, or Willamette Waste Paper. In fact, I think in about two weeks, we're going to have one of the guys from Casella Waste come on this show. Uh, we, I saw him at Rotary today, and Mark uh, is a new person there, from what I can understand. And uh, he said, oh, he'd love to be on the show. So, And the only reason I don't have him on next week is uh, Mr. Matt here uh, decided to tell me that we don't have a show next week. So I oh. guess the Red Sox are doing it to us again how's that uh-huh. so it's okay hi mom my mom likes to keep track of that she says they're not playing today so you should be on the radio so but mom they're going to be uh playing next week or pre-game anyways i guess they don't really kick off or whatever or throw the first pitch out until oh okay well they say the first pitch is until wednesday 7 19th believe it on here so wow. they have all just pre-games is what they have yeah. uh, is that all they just kind of mess around is what they do yeah. okay i guess that's that's what a pre-game is i'm messing around so yeah talk about uh, scores and stats and all that kind all of that jazz. stuff you got it and i'm at behind the dials that we talk to all the time that keeps us informed and keeps us wherever we are on the radio and of course willie radio for allowing us to be on the air on 1400 am and 95.3 fm and uh, like i said uh, the red sox did us last week and they're gonna do us next week and but I think that happened to Titanic, if I remember correctly. I think that they opened the the ballpark uh, the day Titanic sank. So, I, yes, they did. Yep. So you know, I guess it was apropos that they do our show. How's that? Because we like to do Titanic for April. Well, is what we like right. to do. You know, we really do. And we have a nice talk of 150 kids we're going to be doing. But it's going to be the first part of May, which is unusual. But I guess that's just the way the school goes. We have done it several years. so And we have uh, 50 in each class. And like I said, there's 150 uh, kids that uh, love to have us come up to Massachusetts and yak. And I'd like to thank uh, people who came last week, wasn't it? Yeah, or was it a week before? Maybe it was a week before that we had we, the Titanic we, thing at Chilson. Yep. Had a great crowd, really did, had a lot of fun. Anyways, we're going to talk a little bit about Titanic tonight, of course, and uh, hopefully it won't make it too boring, that's for sure. But out of the 1,296 passengers aboard Titanic, 33 of them had tickets to uh, towns and cities in Connecticut is what they had listed as their destination. So. And the top destinations were New London, New Haven, and Waterbury. There were five passengers each headed to those different cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stamford came in next with four, followed by Hartford, Greenwich, and New Britain with three each. And then there was also Windsor Locks, Stratford, Meriden, and Middletown. Each had one passenger bound for them. But, you know, out of, out, of, Wyndham or out of all of them, there was, like I said, only 33 passengers on Titanic heading for, uh, headed for Connecticut. 18 died. So, you know, there was quite a few that didn't make it. How's that? And I'm sure that this synopsis here, I guess, will probably explain it a little bit. But we won't get too wordy because sometimes it gets a little boring here. But, you know, the, the first class, there was... Six Connecticut passengers were from bound in first class for Connecticut. Four were men. Uh, four were women. Two were men. All survived. 
all were U.S. citizens. Isn't so they it were kind of funny how they were returning you know, always, home. Always the first class ones always mm -hmm. survive, except for that young lady. Um, and I can't think of her name. Isn't that horrible? I'll think about it in a the second. The Allisons. The Allisons, right. She was the only uh, young lady to to not make it off a of Titanic. And uh, her, the whole family passed away except for the younger brother and the nanny. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. So, the only Connecticut, there was a Connecticut yep. couple that were in first class, Mr. and Mrs. Frederick, Frederick Maxfield Hoyt. And he was an architect. They got on at Southampton, and Mrs. Hoyt was put in collapsible D, and, of course, Frederick ended up in the water, and he survived his dip into the 28-degree mm. water, was pulled aboard collapsible D, and was later rescued on Carpathia. You know, it's kind of interesting, you you think of that, you wonder why the the the, the boat that Sloper's on, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, was uh, the first boat to leave Titanic, what it was. And let's go, uh, let's go, let's go down to him. Okay, so William Sloper, he, he's from New Britain, okay. Mm -hmm. He was and returning home after having spent three months in Europe. Mm -hmm. He was playing bridge with some gentlemen and also Dorothy Gibson. Oh, that who famous was the movie, movie star, star. actress, exactly. Um, and he was among some of the first to leave Titanic on a boat that was barely half full and later picked up by Carpathia. Now you know you kind of you wonder Sloper has a um, has a um, what do I want to say Anita? I, I don't know. Think, well, he, he supposedly dressed up like a lady, which they say he did, but he I don't believe he did. But he, he did. He, he claimed that he did no, not. No, he claimed that he did that not. That he just put the shawl over his head because he was cold. Right, exactly right. Now, his his house is in New Britain. You can go visit the house. It's down on Route 72, I believe it is, in New Britain, and uh, the Kensington part of New Britain. And, and it and still, it still has a fence around it. A blue which, fence that is a stockade fence that is 11 foot tall around it so that people couldn't look in to see Mr. Sloper. Because, well, he, he put the fence up because he was getting fruits and vegetables thrown at him and all kinds of stuff. Right. So anyways, like I said, he was found in Britain and found a seat on the first lifeboat launched after Titanic began sinking. He was falsely accused of impersonating a woman to get into the seat. He spent the rest of his life defending his reputation, he did. But anyways, uh, you know, it, it's kind of, you, you read a lot into things and Always, you know, we ask the kids when we're there, you know, what, 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 what did, what was the big thing? And it was women and children only, right? Women and Until children first. First, women and children first. So anyone that knows anything about Titanic believes that there's certain protocol to boarding scarce, uh, scarce lifeboats aboard the ill-fated. But actually, women and children only rule was effect on the port side. So, you know, they wouldn't let guys on. So it's women and children only, okay? But, but then on, on the, the other starboard side, side yep. it was women and children first. first. So if all the women and children in the area were in a lifeboat, mm -hmm. and if there was a gentleman standing there and there was still room, he could get right. in. And there was no other kids to get on, no other women to get on. So that's what Mr. Sloper did, you know? So his the variations of protocol are important in understanding the sad case of uh, Mr. Th uh, Mr. Sloper here, Thompson Sloper, let's put it that way. But anyways, um, now there are some that say that Dorothy was holding on to his hand and refused to get in the lifeboat unless he was also allowed to get in. That's somebody else's theory. Okay. So, so you know. But hey, you know, he, he he was really not supposed to be on Titanic. He was supposed to be on the Mauritania, which was another ship. 
But he, smitten. What does smitten mean? He's in love. He likes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Smitten. You ever been smitten there? Uh, once or twice. Once or tw- oh, okay. <laughs> I won't say more than once. Right here, right beside <laughs> me. So I, I know better than once or twice. But <laughs> but he was sent by a young woman named uh, Alice Fortune. Well, maybe it was the fortune he was uh, interested <laughs> in. Being a being a uh, stockbroker, anyway, Sloper lingered a bit longer in England and rebooked on Titanic. So, but of course, uh, a lot of the ships uh, were out of coal. So, or Titanic, right because so. there was the coal strike. Right, exactly right. So, it, but the White Star Line wanted Titanic to get off on her maiden voyage. So mm-hmm. they took coal from other ships. Also, they took pass uh, put uh, uh, crew members crew members from other ships. Yep, and that's why some of passengers rebooked onto Titanic because mm-hmm. the ship they initially were going to sail on, the coal had been taken off and the ship wasn't going to leave. And then you had a few lucky uh, uh, crew members that didn't get on the ship. You know, they were kind of mad because they went to their local bar and got themselves loaded and then they tried to get back on the ship and they wouldn't let them on and then the people that were the, the men that were working on the other ships that didn't have any coal came over the Titanic and started working on Titanic as such but those were the lucky ones the ones that didn't make it that's for sure but anyways like we had said before Gibson was a well-known actress and one of bridge his bridge partners decided to prudent to get aboard a lifeboat she has asked him to do it, and he eventually convinced him to go uh, on board. So the pair boarded the lifeboat on starboard side. Like I said, it was women and children first, and that the women and children first rule was uh, in effect as such. So he easily found a seat on lifeboat number seven. Kind of interesting. That was one of the ones that only had like 20 peepers there, uh, 20 people in the lifeboat that could have hold 60 or 70 of them. So. We do have this book somewhere in our collection, uh, The Life and Times of Andrew Jackson Sloper. Now, that one was his father, actually. But, however, the book came more of a reflection of the times on Titanic than anything else. His lifeboat had drifted away from Titanic, but witnessed its sinking and wrote... Two hours after our lifeboat was launched, the sailors estimated that we had drifted more than two miles from where Titanic was sinking. The ship remained until two or three minutes before she sank as brilliantly lighted as she was directly after the accident occurred and all the lights had been turned on. Then suddenly, like the house lights in a brilliantly lighted theater, just before the curtain goes up, all the lights dipped simultaneously to a pale glow. A moment or two later, everyone watching in the lifeboats saw silhouetted against the starlit sky the stern of the ship, rise perpendicularly into the air from about midship. Then with a prolonged rush and a roar, like the 10,000 tons of coal sliding down a metal chute several hundred feet long, the great ship went down out of sight and disappeared beneath the surface of the ocean. You know, as soon as Carpathia appeared, the disaster site began picking up survivors, Sloper had written also. It took us an hour to awkwardly row our boat to the side of the Carpathia. During the hour we had been rowing, the sun came out of the ocean like a ball of fire. Its rays reflected on the numerous icebergs sticking up out of the sea around us. As we came alongside the Carpathia and our turn came to disembark, it didn't take long for the 29 people in our boat to be assisted up the stairway, which had been lowered down the outside of the ship. You know, that's interesting. I, I, I... I don't know if it's really a stairway or if it's a rope with uh, with uh, 
Rope ladder. Rope yeah. ladder, okay. I mean, some people had to be hoisted up with a with a hoist type of thing. So, mm -hmm. But the lifeboat could have held 65 people, as I said, only 29 prudent enough to recognize the danger was on board. Many others, thinking that the Titanic was unsinkable, remained aboard and died. You know, it's we have a... Uh, in our collection, which we had at the Jilson house here a couple of weeks ago, we have a ropes off of uh, uh, lifeboat number seven. And it said in the letter that the lady had written, she had written the letter because she was on the lifeboat number seven. And she had written a letter saying that this was, these were all, these ropes were off of the lifeboat that uh, number seven, that Mrs. John Jacob Astor was saved, okay? But uh, actually, she did not get saved on lifeboat number She six. got into it, and then she got out of it. Yeah, she looked down and said, you know what, it's 65 foot down to the water, so I'm not going to get in this silly thing because they're just going to drag us back up later because this ship is unsinkable. So, But anyways, uh, you know, it took us a while to figure out about the, the ropes. They're just little 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 ropes. I mean, you look at them and go, what the heck would they have these on these gigantic lifeboats for? They're just a little bit bigger around than the average eh, ballpoint Maybe your pen. thumb or your finger, maybe your, you know, your index finger or whatever. Uh, and that's about the size of them. But uh, they, held the, they held the oars together. And the ladies that were in there had pen knives. And they'd cut the, or, or cut the uh, ropes off of the oars so that they could... Like he said, use them, uh, use them but uh, you know, uh, uh, recognize danger. Ah, the Carpathia arrived in New York on April 19th, and a swarm of reporters greeted the shaken survivors. Sloper, like many other survivors, was in no mood to be interviewed and treated to a hotel, uh, retreated, should say, to a hotel to recuperate. He had decided that the only member of the press that he would talk to about his experience would be a close friend of his, Jack Vance, who was an editor of the New Britain Herald. And so, so you know, the, the other reporters are angry at Sloper's yeah, refusal to exactly talk to right. him. Absolutely. And so, a New York Herald a reporter ran a story stating that Sloper had behaved like a coward and had disguised himself as a woman in order to get access to the lifeboat. And so the story was believed by many, and that's... Well, I wonder, well, you never heard of fake news, have you? You ever heard of fake news? I don't think you ever heard of fake news, have you? I mean, you know, just, you know, all that's happening today, I think there's a lot of fake news out there. How's that? Okay, so let's go back to some of the other passengers. Oh, you want to go back going, to the other? Oh, okay, we'll go back to Connecticut. To the, okay, fine. They're rather boring, but we'll go that way. Oh, what happened here? No, I lost it, believe it or not. No, maybe I didn't. There we go. Do, 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 do. Go ahead. Where do you want to start well, there, kiddo? I know. I'm running it up and down. Yes. <laughs> there, were, there were five passengers bound for Connecticut who had second-class tickets. Three women, two men. One was from Sweden and four were from Great right Britain. Both of the men perished in the disaster, but all three women survived. And let's see. Some of them were, had been going to Middletown. And but there's a Mr. Hawking who wrote a letter to his wife, yeah, that's kind of which was mailed from Queenstown, the last port of call. Queenstown, Ireland, which is now Cobb, I think it yep. is, is it not? Yep. He closed the letter with this tragically ironic line. Everybody tells me I shall not regret the step I have taken, so buck up and we shan't be long. Mm, it's going to be a while before he meets his wife again, I'd no, say. I yes, think so. so. Then there was a... Uh, Olga Ludden, she was headed to Marion to see 
Meriden to see her sister Jenny. She was traveling with four friends and her fiancé. Her fiancé and a friend picked her up and loaded her into lifeboat 10. Her fiancé was lost. Olga survived and later became a cook during World War II for the exiled Norwegian crown prince. But she uh, she died in Sweden, so she didn't stay here in the, in the United States very long, that's mm -hmm. for sure. So, But uh, let's see if we can find a couple of interesting... Uh, oh, here's Susan Weber. Oh, I you know, you said... I, 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 oh, I remember her. Remember. She, she was going to Hartford, okay. and she survived on lifeboat 12. She reached her nephew's home in Hartford, and she became a maid for her nephew, living most of her life at 3 Forest Street in Rocky Hill, and she died in 1952 at the age of 78. Now, you know, there's the third class is always the class that uh, has always had trouble. How's that? No matter mm -hmm. what happens, they've always had trouble because they were down the bottom of the boat, and uh, there was gates. There was all kinds of problems getting third-class passengers up. What was another problem with third-class passengers? Well, you figure most of the signs that were in the hallways giving directions were written in English. Mm -hmm. And here they are, all these passengers that are from... The 44 different countries that were on board. Exactly right. So that... 44 different countries. I don't know how many, how many different dialects, dialects and how many yep. languages and how many of this and how many of that uh, were on board that just didn't understand. So, But uh, an astonishing 16 of them died out of the 22. So. Then among the survivors was a Lebanese family, which mm -hmm. was unusual, the Nakids. They were headed for Waterbury. There was the wife, their infant daughter, and... Let's, so I think maybe just the three of them. Um, and unfortunately, Maria, who was just one at the time of the sinking, was the first Titanic survivor to pass away. Oh, isn't that interesting? She was only two when she died of meningitis in July 30th, 1912, just three and a half months after the disaster. Huh. But she made it off the ship, but yep. didn't make it whatever, so. But, uh, you know, there was uh, 100 passengers that were Irish descent, we shared the same hall. It was talking about this Lebanese passenger third class. I don't know. I can't even say it. Tanos, uh, Boris, Petros. Petros. Okay. Petros. Okay, fine. Tanos Petros. Um, he was a 20-year-old shoemaker, um, and then he had a friend who was a general laborer. They were both headed for Waterbury. The the bodies were never found. They were two of the 154 Lebanese on board. The fate of the 83rd uh, cl class passengers of the Swedish descent headed for Connecticut were particularly sad as six of them perished, you know. So there was one here that was kind of interesting, and we're down to two minutes, so we won't bore them anymore. Uh, this one here, which is a, which is a sad case. Miss Augusta Lindblom, she was 45, from Stockholm, was headed for her sister's home on Nichols Avenue in Stratford. Described by a friend as being afraid of everything, Augusta retreated to her cabin after the collision with the iceberg. She locked the door and went to bed. So she apparently went down with the ship while mm, still in her cabin. I would take a guess that she didn't make it at all. And this one here is a young couple, uh, the Lindens here, and uh, she made it into a lifeboat. Both struggle to save a life at the, at the sloping deck of Titanic as you watch the movie when it comes down. It's really kind of stuff. But and, <clears throat> and Edvard made it into the boat and froze to death while clasping Ellen's wedding ring. Right. She made it, but he didn't. 
and uh, he and then but she froze to death after he froze to death so and the, and her ring was found in the bottom of the lifeboat and eventually returned to their family Anita we're down to one minute and uh, thank you for not standing me up today and, uh, <laughs> it would have been a Matt and me show so but uh, why don't you get us out of here because Matt's uh, saying that we're down to the last 30 seconds so <laughs> this is Anita Sebastian from my co-host Ernie Eldridge wishing everyone out there a great week in the neighborhood sweet dreams Bunky Okie dokie, Loki. We'll Stay safe, folks. Weeks. See you in a couple weeks.